All right, here is a spontaneous podcast, assuming that we um, post this, but I decided to, because we have nothing else to do, and... It is currently 8.20 on a Thursday night. No, 8.42. 8.42 <laughs> on a Thursday night. So... We don't have any questions. Usually, Christine mm-hmm. curates all the questions mm-hmm. and has um, been the one. Prepared. Yeah, she's the one that's prepared. With to... my arsenal <laughs> of questions. Uh, and I'm the one that tends to answer incorrectly most of the time, probably. But this time around, um, we have absolutely no questions. So I just went on a website, um, and it's www.conversationstarters.com slash generator. Dot PHP. We should have gone. Oh, we don't have our, our yeah, table, table topics. topics. So yeah. I have cool. random conversation starters. Okay. That if we lose sight of what we're doing, <laughs> we'll just throw we'll a random back one. To that. Okay. So sounds good. Um, but any updates thus far? This is Thursday, February fifteenth. Our last podcast was like last week. Was it really? I think so. Maybe it was Monday. A couple updates. Number one is um, thank you for everyone who has been praying for um, jobs. Um, Well, we have one praise report thus far. (laughs) Um, Still waiting on one for Daniel, right? Um, We're still waiting to hear back on his third interview and how that went. But um, I have officially accepted that position that I talked about in the last podcast. So I wasn't really sold on it. But um, yeah, so I start on Monday. I do Mm -hmm. not get President's Day off. (laughs) But it's okay. Um, so yeah, so thank you for praying. I am going to start working, and um, we'll see how that goes. It's kind of a bigger corporate kind of company, so it's bigger <laughs> and it's corporate. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be good to kind of acclimate more to this lifestyle and this move for me personally. So that'll be good. And then the second thing is, so we talked about righteous anger, righteous anger, righteous anger. Last time, yeah. Um, should I share my story? You can. Okay. So what had Short happened? Person. Okay. You can give me hand cues then if I'm going wrong. Okay. I'm still trying to work on like my art right, of storytelling. Faster. Oh, <laughs> didn't start yet. Hurry up. Okay. So. What had happened is we had sent over about 10 boxes from Hawaii to Texas due to our move. Anyway, one of those 10 boxes um, was devoted to all my sentimental items. So this includes um, letters that Daniel has wrote me and cartoons he wrote me as we were dating and even as we were married. Um, Letters from even my parents, from close friends for my birthday or... Um, Christmas cards or just random, you know, thinking of you occasions. And so I had amassed all these letters for I don't know how many years. Um, so those are in there. I had a couple of silly but really sentimental, like stuffed animal, like, you know, plushy doll things. Um, you know, my graduation robes, just, just random things that fall into the category of sentimental. Anyway, lo and behold, the boxes arrive and I realize that my sentimental box had like a rip in it yeah it, it's like someone cut into it or it exploded or something it could have been my bad packing um but i 
akin to think otherwise. <laughs> but anyway, um, what had happened is about two-thirds of my stuff was missing from that box. Um, it was super emotional for me because I knew there were certain items in there that were missing. And so I literally, it took me like a couple of days to really mourn and recuperate because um, some of those things had just so much value and memories to them. And I'm a very sentimental person. So, yeah. yeah, I really, that's where I've said, I think in the last podcast, I really felt like the enemy sucker punched me in an area that I'm really weak at, which is like sentimentality and thoughtfulness and um, something that means a lot to me. And so I really felt like he kind of jabbed at me and it was really painful and it, you know, spiraled me down into why did we move and all those thoughts. And now Daniel's giving me hand motions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So that happened, the and then the day after, um, was it the day after? It was literally almost the day after. Day after or two, a lady messages Daniel, myself, and my brother, of all people, on Facebook and says, you know what, I had, I discovered a lot of your personal items in my box for some reason. I shipped the box over from uh, Honolulu to Texas as well and, um, you know, think it belongs to you literally broke down again but at the same time didn't want to get my expectations up because i didn't know what was in her box anyway let's um fast forward and the box came from the lady it was quite hefty it's quite heavy it also had zero dollars on it right because basically the woman was able to get the the post office to pay for it which i feel vindicated for her and for myself um and yeah, and God was really gracious and redeeming in the sense of like, there were probably four or five items I specifically recall putting in that box that I didn't, couldn't find. And those specific items came back. Mm. Um, and I really thought like, I'm getting emotional again. Um, God is good, you know? It's like a mini Job story. I mean, it's nothing compared to what Job went through, but I could really understand like, I, I think I just thought, oh, God is really good to do that because he didn't have to and it could have been all gone and I could have just had to move on and it's fine. But um, I'm just grateful that we worship a God who is that kind. Hmm. Yeah. I so, think we just had a we just had a small group mm. on Wednesday and one of the ladies that was sharing said something that was mind-boggling to me uh and it made a lot of sense as she said um every single problem that we go through um is always what is it solved by believing in one of these three things or every problem um can be rooted can be rooted in one of these in one of these three statements statements one god is good number two god is sovereign and three you are his. Mm. And so um, in this whole situation, <clears throat> I think the struggle was really believing two things. That number one, God is good mm-hmm. to allow this to happen. And number two, that God is sovereign yeah. and he allowed it to happen. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was just a, a side tangent of, of our small group. What she said was, uh, even for me, thinking about all the issues that i've gone through Mm -hmm. there are solved if i believe in those three things Mm -hmm. and so i thought it was cool that she was open about like for her the issue almost often stems on god is good and believing god is good and she was saying for her her husband it was almost the the issue was constantly god is sovereign Mm -hmm. you know what 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 do you think it is for you 
most of the time. My biggest issue is um, God is sovereign. I think yeah. that's the hardest one for me. I wonder if that's a guy girl difference. Yeah, because that's what. Like, yeah. right? Like, yeah. having control or authority or something. Mm hmm. I think a lot of it for me is uh, my two struggles right now that I just wrote in um, my journal this morning was A, waiting. Mm. Um, that's really tough for me. And I listened on repeat to uh, Beth, well, at the time it was Bethany Dillon, but she's Bethany Bernard now, mm. to the song To Those Who Wait. Mm. And her line, um, I wrote it down. Uh, but you can do more in my waiting than I can do in my doing. <laughs> Forgot something the like something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that line was really good for me because it reminded me that God doesn't need us to do anything. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, we can't do anything based upon the Psalm passage that says that the builders build in vain if the Lord is not building. Mm. that there's nothing I can even do. And it brought me back to the old sermon of um, when God created Adam and Eve. It was six days after. Mm -hmm. And so he's the one preparing the land, preparing mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. prepare, prepare, uh, preparing perfection um, in order for Adam to jump in mm -hmm. to and mm -hmm. he's doing all of that and based on john 5 when jesus says my father is always at work it's just a reminder that in this waiting even though there's nothing happening mm -hmm. god is still at work and he's preparing something um for both of us to jump into mm -hmm. and so but that's a sovereignty issue in my mm -hmm. head because yeah. in my head i'm like waiting and feel like nothing's happening but mm -hmm. god is always doing something mm -hmm. So that's one big struggle. And my second big struggle is um, like finances. Mm. Like I've never really cared about money until maybe the past couple of years. Mm. Um, and realizing like wanting to help my parents and wanting to help um, your mom, wanting to help ourselves, <laughs> for lack of better words, um, just makes me like want money and um i don't i, I don't struggle with god being good because i really do believe god is good and mm -hmm. i'm not struggling with that i'm not his I, I i know i am his mm -hmm. but the fact that the way god has created our situation to be is exactly the way it should be mm -hmm. and i think that's another sovereignty issue so yeah Sorry, total side tangent, but no, that was that was really um, was it revelatory. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was my journal entry this morning. Uh, <laughs> it had to do with a Spurgeon uh, mm. Devo talking mm. about. Is that the one that I sang? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, okay, it was yeah. about um, giving glory to God now, mm. and I realized that there are moments where I only glory give glory to god in the good things mm. you know when you got a job i gave glory mm -hmm. to god mm -hmm. when we got a car i gave glory to god mm -hmm. but rarely if ever do i give glory to god in the midst of those nothing moments mm. and i had to check my heart on that which was pretty pretty tough but realizing that he does much in my waiting 
mm-hmm. was a glorifying moment mm-hmm. to him, mm-hmm. from me to him mm-hmm. in that sense. So, yeah, moving on. Uh, do you find <laughs> that your? Do you find that as you get, as you draw, close to God, and in those moments and those seasons where you feel really intimate? connected with the Lord like do you ever feel like then you look at all these materialistic things and you it, you almost turn into that Ecclesiastes man of like oh everything is meaningless borderline existential but not like hopeless but just like I'm just in this like game of a world you know and like no no does that kind of make sense uh kind of um you mean as we get closer to God these material things get less important yeah I don't know. My dad is like that. Mm. My dad is one who doesn't care for the material things. Mm-hmm. And even made it a point to, even to this day, my dad has um, had this conviction to say that everything that we get is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the way my dad um, executed that was my mom never worked. Mm. And we they only got... They only accepted money that came from the church, mm-hmm. from him working. And so um, my dad has, my mom and dad has many stories of financial struggle mm-hmm. that God has miraculously pulled them through. Mm-hmm. And so my dad has never cared about that kind of material stuff. Um, but, but I mean, even to this day though, that he still has some material desires. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. He yeah. wants a house now, trying yeah. to find a place and whatnot, trying to find a church building yeah. and all that jazz. So I don't know if it ever disappears. Yeah, no, I don't think it does. I was just, no, I was just wondering because, um, so I feel like there's certain pivotal moments in my life where I don't know if it's like a, I'm not sure if it's like a, a truth switch mm. that turns on. And basically when these switches turn on in my brain, they stay on forever. Mm. Okay. And so one of my truth slash, I don't know if it's a logic switch, is watching movies. So I used to get emotionally really, like, attached and, and I, I, I don't know, it was, it was almost, like, nauseating sometimes with these emotional, these movies and how emotionally attached I used to get to them, get, mm-hmm. get to these movies. And that I'd be exhausted by the time that I finished watching some of these emotionally wrenching movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway... It was when we were when I was watching Toy Story three that this logic switch turned on, mm-hmm. and it's when there. Did I ever tell you this? I think I might I have told remember. you. It's when Woody and Buzz and they're all in that like. Spoiler uh, alert! Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Towards the end of the movie, they're in that like trash thing, and then they're holding hands, and there's like a ring of fire, and they're like slowly sinking to their like inevitable death, and then the claw of the alien comes out and goes like the claw, yeah. and then saves them, right? Uh-huh. Um, but prior to that, there's that shot of them, you know, like facing their imminent death and holding hands. Mm-hmm. And I remember up until that point, I was super emotionally attached. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to die. But this is Disney, <laughs> you know? And But I let my emotions just go usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the first time in that movie that I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to die. It's a Disney movie, and then this switch turned on, mm. and all of a su- sudden, I heard these voices in my head saying, 
well, it's a Disney movie. Therefore, if Woody and Buzz and, you know, all these people, if they're the main characters, how can Disney possibly kill them off? Mm -hmm. They possibly can't be killed off because there's no way that they can, you know, create a resolution of this story that's not scarring for these kids or redeeming. So therefore, they must be miraculously saved. So Christine stopped freaking out. (laughs) It was the first time I heard that voice Uh in my head. Uh It literally calmed me down. Where I went from being an emotional wreck of, oh my gosh, my favorite character is about to die. <laughs> it burned alive. To, oh, just, it's just gonna be fine, yeah. you know? And of like, almost like an emotional detachment, uh-huh. which I don't know if it's a good thing, okay? But <laughs> ever since then, now whenever I watch a movie, I get emotionally wrecked and I feel like there's gonna be a pivotal moment. That voice kicks in. Mm. It's like that switch comes back and says, babe, hold on, you know, it's, and, and it has never gone away. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I say that because recently we were in another store, some kind, might have been Target or a retail store, and that same switch kicked on in terms of shopping for mm. me. I'm not a big shopper, but when I like, when I shop, I like to shop, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so I remember, I think I was like wanting something, might have been Instagram, I don't know internet online shopping i remember scrolling through it thinking oh, i really want this and, you know like trying to figure out like oh can i get it da, 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 da. and then that voice kicked on and that switch turned on for me and said well think about it once you get it will you use the product mm-hmm. yes you know once you use the product how long will that product last not very you know and i would estimate maybe five years it could have been a fountain pen or something <laughs> you know but it, it the switch and the voice told me like Christine, it is inevitable that this tangible thing is eventually going to break, and so you might as well not get attached to it so that you don't get emotionally, like, stirred and driven. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like, my purchases have been tainted, <laughs> if that makes sense. I mean, it's a good way to, to halt it, but, like, it's like there's, I don't know what it is, but, like, things... Maybe, I don't know if God was just teaching me with these, like, sentimental items, you know. Because I literally felt like I mourned and I lost them. Mm-hmm. So when I got them back, they weren't as meaningful. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I almost feel guilty that they're not as meaningful because I've already mourned for them and I've already detached myself mm-hmm. from them. So as grateful as I am to get them back, it's not the same emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Well, let's just stay tuned for. I I don't know what it is. It's like the switch that turned on, and now like that's it's the voice in my head mm. of like that. That's why I asked of like I have this weird emotional detachment yeah. to things now. Yeah, you know, and I just view them as that just things. Yeah, that you know, will be fun to have temporarily, but inevitably everything's gonna break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Sorry, was that morbid? I don't no, know. Not at all. I think that's good. I think. I mean. I think. In reality, when God gives a, a truth check, I think that's the switch in, yeah. in that I hear. It's a truth check. I think it is. Yeah. When God decides to flip that switch, yeah. Uh, it forever changes my perception. Yeah. The, like God puts yeah. um, your perspective. Though oh, I, I read a Oswald Chamber um, devotional, devotional? Hmm. and one of the one of the most interesting ways that I've heard him or heard sanctification defined as is um he said sanctification is this oh i forgot it sanctification is getting or being able to see things from god's point of view Mm. um being able to change your perception from the worldly way point of view to to god's point of view Mm. and i think that's the truth check of like Mm. 
um, you look at all these worldly things, and the way I look at them is I want them. Mm -hmm. But the way God looks at them is they're temporary and they're fleeting. Mm -hmm. So there's no point in attaching yourself to these things because they're temporary. And then that's why holiness looks like, or sanctification, if you look at the the, the eternal things, they become more um, desirable because they are eternal mm. in God's eyes. So that's, I guess, the way you look at it. It's a truth check. Mm. Um, and that once that truth switch turns on, you see things very soberly, eternally. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it, it, it happened really suddenly, like last week or something. Mm. But I likened it to, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a Toy Story 3 moment. <laughs> the switch has turned on. And now, you know, I'm like Buzz Lightyear. I'm like speaking in Espanol and it doesn't, I have no one to like change the switch on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, a, it's like God flipped this truth switch and mm-hmm. I can't reach the back of my switch to turn it, you know, <laughs> which is a good thing. I think it's good it stays this way. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, we need to have um, moments where like, a musical interlude happens, oh, so yeah. it changes subjects, so it's not an awkward we'll find switch. That. We'll find one. But moving on, um, I have a question. Oh, you do? I have one too after. Um, well, you go if it's okay with you, we'll end on this question because oh. we're already 21 minutes into this. Are we this. really? Yeah. Wow. Um, but... This is good quality time, man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this... this... Fulfills the check, you know, the, the checkboxes okay, so that I there's, desire for there's quality a, time. <laughs> there's a joke, there's a running joke between Christine and I that mm-hmm. um, if anyone has ever heard of the Gary Chapman, that's his name, the book, oh, yeah. uh, The Five I Love, love Languages. Thanks. Um, you owe me a soda. soda. <laughs> I'm trying to talk here. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's the quality time, there's acts of service, there's physical touch, there's gifts. gifts and one more. What'd you say? Acts of service. Acts of service, quality. Oh, oh affirmation. Oh, words of words affirmation. Of affirmation. Yeah. yeah. So those are the five love languages. Mm-hmm. And the joke in our household is that Christine is all five Wait, somehow, no, no, some no. way, some form. So she's at one different times. at different times. So yeah, she's, that's so weird. she's quality time some at days. Some, some days. Yep. And so she, she doesn't have... A I don't specific have one. Language. I am all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but moving on. But I'm low maintenance. <laughs> For someone to say that they are low maintenance is obviously that they are high maintenance. But I'm just, you know, I keep you on your toes. You just have to guess. What is she today? Two words of affirmation. So moving on. She need a hug. <laughs> moving on. Um, I wanted to question? end it with... Can you name me one person mm-hmm. for now? We're, we're, I'm just going to do it kind of like a series. Probably do this every podcast or some way, some shape or some form. Can you tell me one person who has influenced you and why? Like, what do you mean by influence me? In what regard? In a any good regard? In any regard. In Not a good necessarily way or bad spiritually, way. but like, or are you yeah. kind of leaning towards... Um, I mean, we are in the Christianity category <laughs> of the podcast. No, just anyone who has influenced you. Okay. Um, let's say in a good way. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. that's, that's sometime in the past. Well, in the past. Mm. Uh, one person and why? Mm. Um, I know that in different seasons, it's been different people and whatnot. And um, this specific person came to mind right now. Um, 
just because more recently I've been realizing like um, I'm better with my text messages. <laughs> I'm terrible with text message for those of you who are listening and don't already know, but most <laughs> people already know that, you know. Um, yeah, and wait, can I explain why I'm really bad with text messages? Okay, the reason why I'm bad with text messages is um, I liken it to like, I feel like I come from the generation of AIM, AOL Instant Messenger, where I am used to that away message, you know, where you put the away message or after like two minutes of idle time, it turns red and people know that you're away or you let your friends know BRB or, you know, gotta go or whatever. And so I'm used to this idea of like, I'm here and now I'm not here and I'm here and I'm not, not, I'm not here. This idea of like trying to be fully present wherever you are. So text messages are hard for me because even though my phone might be with me, I'm not fully there mentally in that conversation. So whenever I text for me, I need to be fully there mentally and emotionally to like talk does that make sense? So when I text, I'm, I'm literally sitting there waiting for the person to respond because I'm already like in like full engaged mode to like converse with you. And I guess I just haven't understood that text messages are like on the fly. That's just not who I am. So that's why it's hard. So when I do text messages, I catch up on all of them and I'm like fully present to engage in conversation with whoever texts me back. Um, so that's why. Yeah. Um, so most, more recently with this community group that we've been a part of, I realized that like, I've had a lot more courage to text people and to, you know, see how people are doing or to encourage them. And, um, and I never really used to have that courage or that practice of texting people in the middle of the week, because I'm used to like, I see you on Sunday, I see you on Wednesday, which is our community group. And the other times I just praying that God's with you, you know? And so this particular person has taught me how to stay connected through text message and that would be sherry sherry lee um till this day and even today um she's so faithful in texting you know and and not just texting to text but like you know she's thoughtful Mm. in her texts in in her sentences you know and and I think her consistency in her thoughtfulness as well as just consistent consistently texting and checking up on me or other people and regardless of if it's reciprocated or not Mm -hmm. um that has spoken volumes to me okay i'm homesick now (laughs) (laughs) my friends um i haven't been the best to reciprocate texts period Mm -hmm. you know um but she really stands out to me as someone who is um faithful in friendships and faithful in like checking up on people and not as like a task list you know like you can tell it comes from a genuine place in her heart um Hmm. yeah that has really ministered to me particularly more so now that like i'm apart you know i'm oceans apart or in in ocean apart Um, ocean and some land yeah um you know, and I mean, to this day, um, we still text and I, I'm so grateful for it. You know, I'm really, really grateful for it. It helps me a lot. It's very encouraging for me. And I've realized that I've learned from her example and realized how much it does minister to me. And unfortunately, it, it took me a while in my hard heart to realize that this is, this means something. This really demonstrates to me a care, a genuine care and a thoughtfulness um 
And again, to each their own with their armor of how they communicate. But um, <coughs> knowing that text has been a weakness of mine, I've realized what a great strength it can be. And so that has been, Sherry has definitely been someone who has influenced me in that way. And, and I'm realizing it's cool now to be able to demonstrate that and to connect with my community group ladies in that way and it's so nice because in all the other ladies you know text and i was like looking at it this morning like just so genuinely excited that like wow like today's a regular day we're talking to each other you know something like that has meant a lot so thank you sherry for being that example hmm. it has really ministered to me greatly what about you Wow, we got deep real fast. Oh, was it? Was it? Was that not the intent? I thought that I was. I guess so. Yeah. Um, influence, man. <laughs> so many influences, but yeah, just because I think the text thing was really prevalent today, that's the one thing that comes to mind for me. How about you? Um, a person who helped shape who I am in a good way is Danny. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I say that is, uh, I, I, I've been, I used to uh, dig deep into a lot of like leadership books and mm -hmm. leadership uh, mentalities John and all this Maxwell. stuff. A lot of John Maxwell. and um, But there's a story of, I think, I, I actually think John Maxwell may have talked about this and I, I delved deeper um, looking for a book, um, but it was about Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln, what was interesting about him is that he, his cabinet, um, the people that he surrounded himself with closest mm, in his, like this, um, yeah. in his presidency yeah. are people that ran against him, that yeah. were completely against him, who didn't like him. Mm. And the reason why, um, President Lincoln did that, Abe Lincoln did that is because, um, he didn't want people to just agree with him just to mm -hmm. agree with him. Mm -hmm. And he knew that these guys would not agree with him. He, mm -hmm. But the thing about him was he was so um, confident. I guess you could say confident. I don't know if that's the right word. But confident in himself that he didn't take things personally. Mm. And yeah, he must have had a thick skin if he could do that. Oh, he was made fun of all the time. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, he said people accused – one of the funny stories is okay. people accused him of being two-faced. Okay. And Abraham Lincoln said, if I was two-faced, do you think I would pick this one that I'm wearing right now? <laughs> so, but um, yeah, he, he, he surrounded himself with people that disagreed with him mm. so that he would be able to see things clearly mm. in a different way and either one, reject what they say or two – change the way he thinks because of what they say mm. and takes, i'm sorry to interject that takes a lot of humility to do that oh yeah yeah right. I, that that was really Thinking. good um okay. but when i learned that concept mm. um i experimented with it um and the person i did that with was danny um and i used to sit with him meet up with him and danny and i don't think the same we disagree a lot um, but I value, I really value my friendship with Danny, mm. um, and my talks with Danny just because we disagreed doesn't mean we didn't hate, we didn't like each other. It was mm. completely the opposite. I very much enjoyed him. I very much enjoyed him at Eden. I very much enjoyed him, um, post, uh, or at new song and whatnot. And, uh, every time we hung out, I, I tested that. I always asked him, what do you think about this? Mm. And. One of the things that Danny said that was really ministering to me and really helped me 
uh, in perceiving other people was he said, I don't care if you agree with me or not. I just care that you hear me out mm. and um, and you just don't sweep it under the rug. Because mm. I think a lot of people yeah. just feel like they're not being heard. Yeah. And what Danny said is, I don't care if you if you if you listen to me. I just want to be heard in that regard. So he didn't say it in that way, but mm. he said, I just I just I don't care if you reject me flat out. But I just want to know that you heard me and you thought through what I said, mm. and then you rejected me, mm-hmm. and that changed the way I thought about people in, in regards mm-hmm. like people just want to be heard, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily want to be heard in terms of do what I do. I mean, there are there's certain people like that. You do what I say, but. Um, Majority of people is just, I want to be heard, and uh, if you reject me, that's fine. As long as you heard me and you thought it through, mm-hmm. that's fine. And Danny taught me that, mm-hmm. that people want to be heard in that way. Um, and a lot of our conversations were really good. Danny mm-hmm. and I are very different mm-hmm. in the way we think of, such, uh, think of things. And I've learned a lot in the way he described things. And I've changed my stances on a lot of things. Mm. Um, well, I wouldn't say a lot. No, a good amount of things. We've, I've changed stances in some things because of our conversations mm. and because of the way he thought about them. And it made me confident in being... Um, well, I shouldn't say confident. It made me realize the benefit of what... Abe Lincoln did of Mm. surrounding yourself with people that um, are for the same goal Mm -hmm. because in his presidency they were all for the growing of the United States and for Danny I do agree that he was there for the growth of the church and for the betterment of the church Mm -hmm. Um, and so though we have the same goal um, I learned that it's very beneficial to, to surround yourself with people that have differing views and differing thoughts and differing mm. logic and thought processes to help me see the bigger picture. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks, Danny. <laughs> All right, on that note, um, cool. Should we do one of those random conversation things just to lighten it up? And <laughs> Okay, we could do this one. Okay. What did you have for lunch yesterday? What did I have for lunch yesterday? What was yesterday? Oh, yesterday was Valentine's. Yesterday was her anniversary. Oh, we ate Nippon, Nippon sushi. sushi restaurant. Montrose. 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 I don't know. I feel like people missed it too. Montrose. Yeah, Montrose. Montrose. It yeah. is, I believe, Japanese owned, Japanese brand. Yeah. Delicious. It was great. Yeah. Really good. So look it up. And come visit us. Come visit us. Actually, and... in a year because we're not settled. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that kind of money yet to treat everyone, but or a visit place us to stay, you know? or a place yeah. to stay. But if you come visit us, we'll take you there. Yeah. But yeah, um, thanks for hearing us out, and we look forward to the spontaneous next spontaneous podcast. Spontaneous podcast number three. Bye bye. <laughs>